everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the TeachNet podcast. Today I am joined by two good friends who we've had the privilege of working with quite a bit over the years in H2 Learning. And the first is Teresa McGinley from Donegal uh, ETB and John Heffernan, who's down in Tipperary ETB. And both Teresa and John are working in the FET services, particularly in the area of technology enhanced learning and in the case of Teresa in CPD. So you're both very welcome. Teresa, would I ask you to introduce yourself? Just tell everyone who you are and your role in Donegal, please. Thanks very much, Michael. And listen, it's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, I was delighted to be asked. So my name is Teresa McGinley and I am the TAIL, which is the Technology Enhanced Learning Coordinator with Donegal ETB. I'm in this role about three and a half years now. And about two years ago, I also took on the role of PLD, which is Professional Learning uh, Development. So, um, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks very much, Michael. Thanks, Teresa. And great to have you. And John. Uh, I'm John Hefton. I'm the telecoordinator for Tipperary ETB. And uh, Teresa, I've been here about three and a half years now at this stage. And lucky for me, I don't have any additional responsibilities apart from just getting technology into people's hands and getting stuff done. So. No, no. And we should say as well, we've worked with John over many years, particularly when he was in the school sector as well. So look, it's great to have the two of you here. And I suppose one of the reasons why we want to do this podcast is to focus the spotlight on further education and training. And as people will know, in Hitchu Learning, we're working across all sectors. But we think that some of the most exciting uh, work at the moment is taking place in further education and training in relation to digital technology. And I suppose I'd like to start maybe with John. John, from your experience at the moment, what's working well? I, I think what, what's, what's working really well is that there's a lot more teachers using technology uh, in our classrooms. Um, I think pretty much every Tipperary ETB tutor has experienced Quizlet, Kahoot, Padlet, all those kind of web tools that are always there but you've you've never really kind of engaged them to a, to a deep level i think one of the consequences of the pandemic is that a lot of tools are put up front for a lot of people and they actually realize that okay I, I can actually do a lot of cool interesting things for my students using using technology whereas before they may not been as willing some of that has evaporated away but i think there's kind of the the level has risen to to a higher than what it was so it's becoming more mainstream is what I'm hearing, that it's kind of more of the, the new normal, as some people would probably say. Well, I just put it this way, is that if we introduce ourselves as a teleperson, the reply is not who. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're aware of what you do and what your impact has been. And I think that it, like it's been a case where I've walked into a shop and somebody's come up and said hello to me and they've been in one of my webinars where, I, where the camera's been switched off. I don't know who they are, but they know me pretty well. So it's, it's kind of a case that like your, your impact you may not see it kind of a, at a deep level but or, or a superficial level, but at a deep level that you, you have had an impact. And I do think that technology is kind of like a literacy. Like if you can speak to terminology, you can go a whole lot more with it. And I think that a lot more people are having more in-depth conversations with me where before is my internet's not working or whatever, whereas now is the request is far more specific, which makes my job a lot easier because you waste an awful lot of time kind of troubleshooting or trying to figure out a problem and going through the most likely suspects before you come across it, whereas now they're a little bit more in tune to what they need to tell you for, for you to help them. Yeah, to get the diagnosis. Teresa, what's it like in Donegal? What's working well up there for you? And 
Oh, well, Michael, you know, we live in a world for technology. It's transforming all aspects of our lives from how we teach to how we learn to how we work and how we interact. And I have to say one example of what's working really well is the flipped classroom approach to teaching. And, you Mm -hmm. know, this is where the lecture and the homework elements of a course are really reversed. And in the flipped classroom, students, you know, they're watching their videos online. They're looking at their PowerPoints in advance of the class. They're preparing maybe a little bit on research before they go into that class. And then that class time then is devoted to activities, exercises, projects and discussions. And this approach, it really does allow students more flexibility when they can learn. And that's something that, you know, we're seeing students are wanting flexibility now. And it also encourages students to take ownership of their own learning by giving teachers the opportunity to provide support and guidance. And teachers now, we find, are taking on more a facilitator's role post-COVID. Now, I'm going to be optimistic and go with the word post-COVID now. It's really important that we're committed to to ensuring that our programs are fit for the purpose. You know, our learners are evolving. Their needs are evolving. So digital technology, it plays a key role in education, but we need to be developing our approaches to meet the needs of the learners. Now, obviously, um, not everything was perfect during that emergency remote teaching time. But as educators, we took away some critical learning from that time. We have started to kind of plan and develop for a much more strategic approach to the use of blended learning. I remember, Michael, back in 2021, we brought yourselves in from H2 Learning to facilitate a research and consultation process. And at that time, what we wanted to do was we wanted to move away from emergency remote teaching and start planning and designing for, you know, we could say even a new era of learning or FET for the future. One thing that you'll remember, Michael, from these series of workshops that came out, you know, from these insights was that learners wanted and expected a level of flexibility within their learning. And Donegal is a huge county. You know, we have 17 different FET centres spread out geographically across the county. So that flexibility means so much to our learners. You know, if they're not having to get into a car in for two hours, you know, that's a huge bonus. So the flip classroom for us is actually working really well. And I mean, within our blended learning framework, you know, this kind of guides now our ETB strategic approach to blended learning. So yeah. all our FET courses now are supported by the use of blended learning approaches, be it a low blend, a medium blend, or a high impact blend. And of course, the context of the course and the context of the learner, that determines the level of the blend. There's an awful lot in there, uh, Teresa. I might just go to John and I'm going to come back to a little bit of that in a minute, but that's really great to hear. John, how is blended learning and flipped classroom working in TIP? Because I know you've been doing work on this as well. Yeah, actually, the most immediate kind of blended learning that we've been doing has been the rollout of the sales apprenticeship course in Tipperary. So we've actually 19 students and the funniest thing I've ever come across is that I think the students are probably more into the technology than the staff that's supporting it. And okay. they've been having discussions about how they could be doing stuff together, like they were almost talking about kind of creating a, a Quizlet, which surprised me because we hadn't talked about Quizlet yet, but they came up where one of the girls had been involved in another course, I think it was a GA course, and they were using Quizlet as a way of doing revision. And they were kind of divvying up the work beforehand as they were doing the induction. So the blended learning is, is probably going to be around for an awful long time within Tipperary HB. As Teresa says, it gives more flexibility for people because like Tipperary is quite a large county as well. It wouldn't be probably as 
wide or, or as, as big as Donegal, but you can do a fair bit of traveling in, in Tipperary in a day if you want to. And the, the thing about it is, is that in today's world, I think learning has to be a bit more flexible for people. And like, I do think that the ability for asynchronous learning, where you can kind of sit, and, sit in your car waiting for yeah. your kids to finish playing football and do five minutes of a YouTube video on a course that you're taking part in means that you can always be learning. Like, I'm, I'm a savage man for podcasts and literally most of the PD I do is, is going through my ears when I'm doing something else. I do think that the technology gives us the flexibility to make it more accessible. Like, and another project we're working on at the moment is UDL. And I do think the technology there is going to make a lot of courses that we're running more accessible for people. And like at the end of the day, 20 years ago, you would have looked at a student being kind of an able person, Irish, yeah. English speaker. And that's, that's the student we cater for. Yeah. We can cater for, for, for a lot more than that if, if we put our yeah. minds through it. And technology gives us an awful lot of flexibility to do, do, to do that. And, and like, for example, the Microsoft translation tools yeah. are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's, again, there's a lot there as well. Um, but yeah, and I agree with you. I think, you know, this whole idea of the asynchronous and the opportunities to learn. And I think your last point there about UDL and that, you know, giving us opportunities for more inclusive forms of education and training is a huge a huge bonus Teresa I know you're a big fan of UDL as well I'm sure there's a lot of that taking place in practice across Donegal ETB yeah that's right Michael like inclusion is a key priority for us here in Donegal ETB and the organization does actively support UDL as a means to achieve inclusion now yeah. we have quite a number of our staff now who have uh, completed the uh, UDL National Digital Badge, which is hosted yearly by Ahead and yeah. by UCD. But we have also gone a step further here, and we've set up a UDL Professional Learning Network here within Donegal ETB. Now this was set up just in February 2022, and the yeah. idea was after our staff members completed the UDL Digital Badge. We felt then that there was maybe a need maybe to support staff implementing UDLN in the classroom and really just to help practitioners gain that deeper understanding. So all staff are invited to our PLN and it's just really a lunch bite. It's a short 15 minute monthly lunchtime session and it really consists of a pre-recorded video on a UDL topic followed by brief Q&A sessions. The focus is those little plus one ideas that we could bring into the classroom that you know it's small steps that we can make but they can have huge impacts within the classroom and to support um our staff as well we set up you know a, a work group chat for collaboration and this is a great way it's a great space for members to post just different queries ask for suggestions on UDL and all members are encouraged to interact and support each other as well within this PLN and there's so much great learning that goes on within PLNs and communities of practice. Yeah, and I think, and again, you know, I think that's that's great. Just listening to you both there, there's no one size fits all in terms of the supports you're providing. There's, I know you both, we've worked with your ETBs on multiple courses, which are longer, but these bite-sized chunks, um, I'm a huge fan of them. You know, the professional learning networks and the the brown bag, if we were all able to physically walk into a room and learn with and, and from each other. But Teresa, I'm just going to go back a moment because when you when you started there initially, you, you talked about the low impact blend. And again, that's coming from the work of some researchers in Australia around blended learning, the low impact where, you know, it could be a Kahoot quiz or a medium impact might be the flipped classroom and then a more high impact blend where 
people are, are in the center maybe two days and online three days. Any examples of where that's working well in Donegal ETB before we move on? Yeah, Michael, I would say that low blend is working very well with their level one, level two literacy classes. Yeah. But obviously, they have low literacy and they have low digital literacy as well. So, But yeah. they are really enjoying those Kahoot quizzes, uh, those uh, quizlets, different little things, you know, that just brings about a little bit of engagement and motivation. And actually, those small steps are increasing their IT capabilities. So it's Absolutely. a one-one really. Then, um, you know, when I refer to the medium impact, this works really well, maybe across your BTEI programs, your youth reach programs, you know, yeah. those levels, levels three, level four, where the yeah. flipped classroom, you know, they're more independent learners. They're they're capable of that self-directed study. The flipped classroom is working very well for them, you know, and then the teacher can then take that more facilitative role. And then even across our apprenticeships or PLCs, you know, the um, at level fives, level sixes, that high blend is working very well. I know some of our apprenticeships now, the first maybe two weeks is done online, which is fantastic because, I mean, as you know, our apprenticeships could be traveling from all over the country. So, yeah. I mean, if they're able to do the first the first two weeks, maybe the theory-based yeah. online, it saves them having to come to Donegal for those two weeks. So, you know, it is working very well. And as I said, it all depends on the context of the learner and the course as well. No, no, that's good to hear. And I think, and, and I'm going to go to John again as well, just for, because I know his training centre has been big in this area as well. I think it's wonderful to hear that the level one learners and the level two learners are also getting a chance to experience blended learning. Now, maybe a different flavour than what they're getting at the higher levels, but I think this is really important. And also, you know, this is the year of digital skills at the European Commission. And Ensuring that all learners have a chance to develop their skills is hugely important. But John, where you are in tip, and I and I appreciate in terms of travel, it's not as big as Donegal, but I do agree with you from Carrick and Shewer up to the north of the county and over to Limerick is quite a spread there. Have you seen the blended learning, particularly I know your training centre has been quite active in that space, working well as well? Yeah, it, it has. And one of, one of the kind of Growth areas we're probably looking at is, is trying to kind of get some of the smaller, uh, lower level courses in the community education sector, especially to kind of yeah. do more stuff, kind of in a, in a, in a blended flavor. We, we did do some some tutors did run um, the emergency online learning, ran their courses through Zoom or through Teams, and it worked pretty well. But it, again, like there's there's people at home that, that can actually get out of the house at the moment that yeah. Yeah. you would be encouraging people to turn up and and, and do it and yeah. like. As you said about digital skills and it being the year of digital skills, I, I do think that what students learn in, in the FET sector really translates into their everyday life because yes, yes. Fr- fr- from a point of view, if you're teaching second level students, you're teaching something that's basically going to be helping them with their leaving cert exam, whereas in the FET sector, you're looking at teaching them something that you will find that they become more proficient with. Like I, to give an example, like um, we have a tutor who was got really into using iSpring and due to licensing issues with there, I said, like, use uh, H5P because it's free. Yeah. It'll fit into Moodle and all that. So he went off and said, I have a little project that he wants to run. So basically, it's a, it's a website called it's livingintemporary.ie and it's just not fully launched yet, though, but uh, yeah. it'll be soon. Be. And it's basically aimed at his adult learners that need help in a whole range of different little things. So there's little videos, little podcasts, Brilliant. Ranging from buying tickets to a GA match online, 
Yeah. Like something I would never would have thought of. But like once I kind of introduced um, Philip to H5P, he says, I could use this to kind of set little assignments for student for my students. I, I think it's one of probably a popular course across all the all HBs is kind of the, the the smartphone for for older people. Yes, and like the, these are things that are having a major impact on people's lives because if you're trying to live in a present day society without a digital device, you're you're really missing out on an awful lot because like you won't be able to buy tickets, you won't be able to check. Yeah. Like like my mother uses her phone and her tablet probably for RIP more than anything else, but yeah, yeah. it's. But it connects her to the outside world, like, yeah. and she is able to find out and search and read newspapers as much as she wants. Yeah. And it's it's something we forget because we're the education is so much aimed at younger people that yeah. past a certain age, a lot of a lot of people in Africa, and 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 especially in, in a society that requires lifelong learning. Yes, the onus is on DTBs to provide that, yes. and yes. having the technology to kind of remove barriers gives us an awful lot of opportunity to help those people. John, I couldn't agree more, you know, and again, I, I know yourself and Teresa, the, you know, well that both Pat, Brennan and I are very involved in the whole area of community education. And I, I think, you know, th- those courses that you mentioned are really relevant. And I know, Teresa, you've done a lot of work in Donegal. You've been actually to the forefront on digital literacy. And again, which is really important for everybody in the community, you know, in this current time, whereas John said, we are living in a digital culture, pretty much. That's right, Michael. We worked on a digital citizenship site and we launched that a number of years ago. But moving on from that, Michael, ourselves at City of Dublin, ETB, are working on a joint collaboration. So yeah. we are going for TQI validation for a special purpose award for a digital citizenship and digital well-being programme. Now, that is still in the works. It hasn't been approved yet, so I wouldn't want to go into too much detail on it. But it's a very exciting project. And I mean, that digital site that we have available there has unbelievable resources. But Michael, as you know, we have um, here in Donegal ETB our Pell Digital Hubs as well. These now have expanded. So we have seven different digital hubs across our 17 FET centres. And they're open to staff and students to book. But we have recently just opened them to the public. People who come in, they can actually use them for support from a tele-mentor. Some of our community are bringing in maybe mobile phones. They're getting support on how to get online. They're getting support maybe on how to text, how to use WhatsApp, how to connect with their community. But what I think is really great as well, too, um, you know, for the public coming in, that these are, it's great. The hubs are a great way of inviting people into our FET centres. We can slowly build on their IT confidence and capabilities. But it's also a pathway. Once they're coming in, they're being encouraged and they're making that first step back into education. So for us, it's a great, it's absolutely brilliant to see that progress of somebody dropping into the centre for a wee bit of IT support and then, you know, going that step further to having the confidence to join the class as well too. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, going back to John's point about, you know, the difference between school education and further education and training, you know, that's a brilliant example. and. You know, oftentimes we saw this ourselves in the work we did in DHCC Community Education Centre in Dublin. You know, the cup of tea and the welcoming face, all of that is um, is hugely important. But I, I'm getting a note here from my colleague that we're already 20 minutes in here. So I, I could talk to you for hours, but I'm going to move on and I'm going to ask you, John, like a lot. You, you've touched on a few things there. You've talked about COVID and how you get on reasonably well with COVID and now things are changing. But John, looking now over the next three to five years, 
what do you see as some of the big opportunities for Tipperary further education and training around digital? I suppose actually what I've been working on for the last couple of days now has been trying to put a course together on AI and education. It's actually something something that's dear to all the telecoordinators because what the plan is hopefully that is that we can create a, a course on this in Moodle and share it amongst all DTPs. So basically, one of the problems that the telecoordinators have been finding is that we're all duplicating the same work and yeah, that we're all doing the same PowerPoints and stuff like that. So myself and Brendan and, and, and Claire are working on trying to get something that's, that'll be showable for our next meeting, which will be very, very shortly. But the thing about AI is that it's going to have a major impact on a whole lot of stuff. And a lot of people in education are probably just focused on the assessment part. But as I've been delving into this a bit more, I think AI is going to have a major impact on society in general, because from an ETB point of view and the conversation I'd love to be having with people is that we need to be looking at where is AI going to fit into courses that we teach? What skills yeah. are we teaching that are going to be irrelevant in five years time? What skills do we need to be preparing for? that's going to need to be able to use AI. And it's, it's going to change the way we do things because like yeah. assessment now is going to have to be a, more of a process than a, than a product. And it's going to be something that is going to be ingrained with what, what, what people are teaching and how, and how they're teaching. And again, it could just touch back on the UDL stuff as well as AI is going to give the ability for an awful lot more personalization in education. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember saying years ago that if, if, if Facebook can have an individual page for a billion people, there should be a way of kind of individualizing an a pathway through education with as much efficiency. And I do think that we'll be sitting down at some stage around a table and thinking, okay, where, what, what AI tools are we going to be using that's going to ensure that we can do the best for our students? And the problem is at the moment, it's very unclear at the moment. We're kind of in a bit of a dot-com bust, sorry, dot-com boom at the moment. And yeah. we probably do need an AI bus to kind of clear out all the, the stuff that's not relevant and what's ever left in is what we work on. But it's going to be very interesting in the next five years. I, I was on a webinar last night and there was a, a more elderly gentleman than myself. And I raised the question about, okay, where, where does he think the AI in kind of education is going to go? It's like it's more of a kind of a tech webinar. And he says, to be honest, I'm retiring in five years and I'm just glad that you young whippersnappers are the ones that are going to have to deal with it, not me. And the issue is, is, is we're going to have an awful lot of cool stuff happening. It's going to require an awful lot of change. The biggest thing we probably need to do is, is improve the literacy of our staff members yeah, yeah. on what AI and what it is and what and to enable them to understand what it is and not get afraid by the, what could happen out of it. Just, uh, yeah, I, I can hear Therese in the background. She's agreeing with everything you're saying there. Um, but I'm going to ask you the same question, Therese, and then I might comment um, on John's, what he said on AI. Um, and I presume he's he's thinking mainly around chat GPT and some of these other tools. But there's a, there's other things there. But Teresa, what for you? What do you, Where do you see it? Oh, listen, I couldn't agree more with John. Mm. AI, it's here to stay. Absolutely. You know, educators, we need to explore and learn about the potential for both opportunities and challenges. It is one of the fastest growing technologies of our time and it's readily available. My daughter told me on Monday night, AI is now available on Snapchat. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And Michael, yeah. I recently uh, took some advice from a blog post of yours where you challenged us to go out and play with chat. Yeah. I have to say, I got addicted for a few days. I have to admit, I am a lover of it. You know, yeah. obviously, I think we need to embrace it and yeah. not fear it. There, obviously, there's going to be lots of pros and cons of AI and education, but I mm -hmm. think 
really has the potential to revolutionize the way we're learning. And I'm going to be optimistic on it. I'm a believer that the potentials outweigh the risks. And even for educators, you know, even if we can show our staff one of the potential benefits, AI can actually create fantastic resources, lesson plans, generate brilliant ideas for discussions, group work. You know, it's a game changer. And the other thing, every educator is tight on time. So it's fast, quick, and it can save us time. So I can see, I'm just looking at the positives of it. Technology can act as an enabler for us. And I think it's going to enhance traditional teaching methods. Well, I couldn't agree with, with you both more. There was a person I worked with in the Liberties one time. He used to talk about violent agreement. There's probably another conversation here um, that we should come back to on AI and its role in further education and training. But I'll leave you with this story. It's funny, Teresa, I took my own advice last night. I was sitting down in front of the Chelsea Dortmund match. I had OpenAI ChatGPT in front of me and I was playing around with it. And I had my son in the room, a 19 year old who is using it in college as part of uh, his maths classes, his coding classes, etc. So it's there. It is here. I asked ChatGPT to come up with a lesson on Dickens and James Joyce. Okay. I showed it to him and he said his words were, God, I wouldn't mind being in that class and it could really help teachers. So I agree with you both. I think in terms of teachers, and educators, it can come up with fantastic ways that we never thought about for addressing particular topics. But also from a learner point of view, these tools are there. And as John said, we have to really rethink those digital literacy skills. I'm involved in a very interesting project in the school side called AI for T. It's AI for teachers. And there's one of the articles in there, which I'll post as part of this podcast, which is, and excuse my language now here, chat gpt a bullshit generator we need do need some very strong filters when we are judging what's coming out the other end and that goes back to john's point john i think you want to come in there it is a bs generator but the thing about it is it's trained as data on the bs that we produce every time Correct. And, and and the thing about it is, is like people complain about about it but again it's like what open ai is doing is giving us what the average of the data that that it's studied yes. as, as trained on, which means that if you think the crap coming out of the end is crap, it's because crap is in the middle of it. Yeah. And, garbage and in, garbage out. I could tell you a story about, when I, about the first time I had an engagement with, with AI with a teacher and basically this teacher has, it comes from a family of, of, of lawyers and her, her cousin and her brother were working for a company that were doing AI in, in legal circles. And they were finding that the content was coming out was, was garbage. But when they went back through the cases that in the 50s, 60s, a lot of the cases were judge making up the laws are going along. And and, and, sure. and the thing about it is that there is a lot of jobs that people get well paid at a kind of a low end that are going to find that their careers are going to be very, very different in space for a short space of time. Yeah. And look, and I, 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 as I said, I think we're going to have to come back to this, Pat, because he's, he's probably shouting at me in my ear here that we need to finish. But I, I agree with you. And I think while some of it, and you know, I'm only saying that we need a filter uh, just to review what we're getting out. But I do think there's some huge advantages. And the biggest one for me is the blank page. Teresa, any final thoughts from you on this whole area or other things before we close this? Michael, just to say that I think it's an exciting time for education. I think that's a positive place to, to yeah. end. And uh, that's where I started. I think some of the 
activities and I'm looking to work across many ETBs at the moment in the further education and training sector and some of the practices and some of the ideas and the thinking is revolutionary to say the least and uh, the two of you are at the forefront so thank you for being so generous with your time today and I'm going to say slán anish and I'm going to hold us that we'll come back and have another talk on AI in the near future.